Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Believe on Sports Business. Here's truly Fred Wallen. You can always email us at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. And happy to have Tom Hofarth, fine writer for the Sports Business Journal and the Los Angeles Times now with us again. And Tom, welcome again to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. So when we left the folks last week, uh, no horses had passed away at Los Alamitos. Then Saturday, two thoroughbreds died in the same race. According to... uh, Real sports on HBO, 2,000 thoroughbreds die a year, either in training or on uh, in a race. Uh, you know my thoughts. I'd love your thoughts again, Tom, about the future of horse racing. Well, it's interesting that that news came out, too, because uh, today the California uh, Racing Board put out its uh, investigation, and along with the uh, some, LA, some prosecutors, they decided there was no evidence of animal cruelty or other crimes uh, that led to that spike of horse deaths at Santa Anita over the past year. Um, there was 49 deaths at the track over a 12-month period. And um, it, it's it, the Santa Anita season starts a week from tomorrow, and it's the 83rd winter fall meeting, well, excuse me, winter spring meeting. And uh, the story, again, I have in uh, the L.A. Business Journalist uh, from – from their people talking about how they think they got things into place. They, they, they added new security measures, new safety measures, new ways of doing x-rays on horses um, right on the track. You know, stuff you thought would have been there already, but apparently, you know, that it, they, they needed to sort of up their game a little bit. Um, so when you have 56 horses dying at the track since July 2008 – including Mongolian Groom, on the Breeders' Cup Classic in front of, you know, 70,000 people on there in a primetime TV network. You know, obviously you're going to have to to be more transparent and come clean about what you're doing. And um, I, the, the fact that there's no evidence that the owners, trainers, or jockeys intentionally made an injured horse race, you know, I, it probably I, I can buy that, except that, you know, I think PETA and everybody else still has a reason to, to keep them you know, on track and on the crosshairs about what, how they go forward and, and, you know, how they sort of treat their animal wellness process in the future. All right, so they passed a rule last uh, week that uh, you could only hit a horse uh, with the whip, I think, three or four times uh, during the yeah. run, uh, maybe six times. I forgot the number, which is irrelevant because I don't think that has anything to do with the horses dying. I think uh, no, no. part of it has to do with the fact that uh, the Stronics make the change as far as the uh, – the crew on the track, and uh, then they brought back the supervisor, but it might have been too late. And uh, I, I just think they tried to save bucks, and by saving bucks, they uh, cost lives. And uh, folks, horses can live to 30 or 35 thoroughbreds can. It's just not right that a, that a two, three, four, five-year-old horse that uh, a lot of us love uh, pass away. And again, folks, well, for the thousandth time, I grew up loving horse racing. I did not know 
how these horses were treated. I did not know that some of the horses that weren't all that great uh, were sent to Japan through Mexico and uh, put on the plate in Japan or China or something like that. And I certainly had no idea that uh, the Stronics would be so uh, uh, penny foolish and wise foolish as far as uh, firing the track uh, people that had been there like forever. And uh, I think we've seen the results, as Tom just indicated, 49 in a year. And that's uh, way too much at uh, Santa Anita, Hollywood. Well, uh, Hollywood Park's not here. Los Alamitos now. And, and of course, Del Mar. And Del Mar. Yeah. Del Mar. yeah. It, 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 it's beyond belief. Folks, if you have any thoughts, sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. All right, let's move from a very, very, and folks, this is a very serious subject to something not as serious, Bill Walton. <laughs> uh, Tom Holfarth, I honestly think, barring an injury, uh, his injuries in the pros, and he made the top 50 anyways. He'd have been rated one of the top two, three, four of all time. On the collegiate Absolutely. level, he, he is rated the top two, three, four of all time. But I'm sorry. Every time he does color, and specifically in a UCLA game, it's impossible for Fred to watch your comments. You're not the only one, and I did a story about this. One of the first columns I did at the L.A. Times, I knew this was, was a lightning rod of response, and, and people that responded that, letter, that week to Letters to the Editor kind of proved that. So Bill does about 40 games a year, and he actually he posts his schedule on his website, so you can actually see which ones he's going to do. He did the one last night, I think, the Utah-Kentucky game. And um, he's got the UCLA-USC game that's coming up in a couple weeks. He's got a couple Pac-12 games coming up. Um, but the, but um, the, the funny part about the game the other night, Dave Pash, who's, who's his longtime partner there, he said, please enjoy Bill Walton responsibly. He sent out a tweet that I think was pretty <laughs> funny. But to me, if you saw the game, the, the Notre Dame-UCLA game on uh, last Saturday right. with Bill and Digger Phelps, the game was immaterial to just them, those two sort of riffing on whatever they felt like. And I don't know. I, I was kind of watching the game, and I was kind of interested in how this would play out, and it didn't play out well for UCLA, so I'm sure any sort of distraction was welcome. But at one point, um, Walton and Digger kept you know prodding at each other. And Digger Phelps actually gave out Bill Walton's home, his cell number yeah. on the broadcast. And I looked at my phone and I go, yeah, that's really his number, his 619 number. Is Why would he do that? I mean, is it that much, you know, uh, poking each other that they just want to go to that extreme? And I'm, I'm, I'm surprised Digger Phelps didn't get immediately kicked off the air at that point because that's just not, that's just not cool. I mean, I don't know. No, but, 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 hang, but hang on, Tom. You missed the beginning of the story. And I forgot who it was. I forgot who it was, but Bill Walton had given somebody else's uh, somebody well, else famous in the sports John world Wooden's number. Oh he, yeah, he, John Wooden's they, number, right? They right, talked right. about how Bill would call John Wooden every day, and he said, "Yeah, I remember his number. It's eight one eight number." And he gave him the number, and and Dave Pash, who was doing the game, said, "You can't do that." And he goes, "Well, it's not. It's not like." Sally Coach Wooden is going to answer the phone at this point, and it turns out that that number is still a live number, and it's for I think it's for the coach's uh, you know legacy foundation or something. So they've kept the number as a live number. So I don't think Bill was being uh, you know ill intent and in giving that number out. I think it was kind of sweet that he remembered the number by heart. But Digger doing that was just like, come on, man! It's like you really you need to do that. And then probably everybody who's you know on the anti Walton side were probably you know, either calling him up or sending him texts just to, you know, scream at him just because they could now. And I think that was Digger's intent. But, but um, 
Uh, yeah, I have a I have an interest in watching Bill do these games, and I have a frustration at certain points, and it, you can tell Dave Pash has a certain frustration as well. But in, until you know, I, the ESPN, the people who hire him at the Hack 12 and ESPN love him, and and they're not going to take him off unless he does anything you know, egregiously wrong. And, you know, beyond the fact that a lot of people think he already has just by being so off the wall and everything. But the the social media that you can watch on Twitter live during the Walton game is amazing. It's so funny to see the people who are just extremely bonkers and those who extremely love him think of him as a national treasure. So, um, again, if you if you don't want to watch a Walton game, go to his website and look at his schedule so you so you don't get the one by accident. Oh, here's the problem. I've got DirecTV, but not for long. And, of course, I don't have the Pac-12. So that right. means when he's on ESPN, and it's UCLA and Notre Dame, a game I really would want to watch, I can't watch it. So, honestly, half that game, and it wasn't just because UCLA was behind, I turned the sound down. That's no joke. And so it's like I'm just watching it on TV. And if the radio was synced, I would listen to the radio, but the radio is either behind or ahead. So you can never right. do it right. that way either. So the point, I just turn the sound down and just try to watch the game I mean, I can watch the game without an announcer talking. But, again, I don't know what the Pac-12 is thinking. I don't know what ESPN is thinking. Because, to me, he's turned more people off than he turns on. Folks, we'd love your thoughts right here on Believe in Sports Business. He's Tom Mofarth. I'm Fred Wallen. It's sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. I guess the question would be, do you watch the game more because Walton's there, or do you watch the games less because Walton is there, and uh, I honestly, I, I've never heard anybody worse. And it just, you know, uh, if you want to watch the game and you want right. to pay attention to right. the game, I don't want his side stories all the time. I actually no. want him talking about what's happening on the court and the fact that Notre Dame is getting free three-point shots. And since we're talking about that, University of Cincinnati, Mick Cronin, defensive mentor, Listen, there's enough talent on this team to full-court press. I don't care. You, you, what they're doing now is boring, and they can't beat good teams, and they're fortunate to beat bad teams. The point is, why not try the full-court press, something like that, to get the other team running? Because what they ended up doing is giving Notre Dame how many outside shots and how many three-point shots, and you got oh, no yeah, shots if, if you hit 50% yeah. at the line and 30% from the field, and the other team hits 45% from three-point range. Yeah, all around it was a tough thing to watch and listen to. But I think maybe that what they should do is just create like a, a second Walton audio feed, you know, for those who want him <laughs> or for those who don't. I mean, just 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 what's the, what's the difference? I, I'm all, first of all, I'm all for an announcerless game, especially in football. I would just love to watch games without people talking over it because I can see what's going on. I can see the graphics and everything. But to me, the perfect game is. In the megacast, which is going to be coming up again for ESPN's coverage of the, of, the, of the college football national championship game, they will have like 13 different ways you can watch the game from either hometown, crowds, this, that. But on ESPN Classic, it's an announcerless game. It's just the, the sounds from the field. You hear the speakers. You hear the cheers. And to me, that's like if you want to recreate being at the game, that's about as close as you can get. All right. Since we're talking television, we talked about this last week. Uh, NBA ratings are 27% down so far, last time we checked. Okay, folks, we're doing this show uh, Thursday. It's now 5.11 p.m. There are four NBA games tonight, two of them on TNT. Both involve the Lakers or the Clippers, meaning 
you would think with the second biggest market being Los Angeles, it's impossible for the NBA to have its ratings 27% down. Now, again, once the NFL season is over and there's no Monday night, Sunday night, or Thursday night football, that will improve. But still, 27% down when almost every game on ESPN, on TNT, uh, or the uh, NBA Network is Lakers or Clippers. Yeah, and that's that's the star attraction. And I think tonight will be the true test because there's no NFL competing with it. It's on TNT you know, nationally. Um Christmas Day, there's also another Laker-Clipper game nationally that's going to be simulcast both on ABC and ESPN. And once the second half starts, I think that's when we can get a really true measure about what's going on. I mean, to this date, it's funny, I read a stat, too, that um, a third of the NBA eliminates itself before uh, Christmas because they just, they're so awful. And I mean, Golden State is probably one of those teams right now. But they have a Christmas Day game because, obviously, when the season started, they thought they'd be a lot better and fewer injuries and all that stuff. But um, the NBA seems to weed itself out pretty quickly. And then you can focus on the teams that really are glamorous, that have storylines. The Celtics are probably going to take off as a bigger team. Uh, Milwaukee is a real fun team to watch. And and tonight's game with with the Lakers and Bucks, you know, they're saying it's an NBA Finals preview, maybe. But um, the conference finals, I think, are going to set up pretty well, too. Just hopefully everyone stays healthy and there's no injuries that derail it because, if you remember a year ago, it was the Christmas Day game where LeBron James got hurt and the Lakers' prospects of a, of a playoff season even ended right there. He missed 33 games. But, um, yeah, I, I'm still not convinced NBA ratings are as much of a story as people want to make them out to be, but, you know, it's something to talk about in the meantime. All right. Uh, on a lot of the surveys, uh, analysis uh, of high school football players, uh, the top 25, not one of them went to SC or UCLA. Not one said yes to SC or UCLA. Tom Hofarth, what's the reason? Well, everyone wants to say it's because USC kept Clay Helton as their coach. Um, I mean, Matt Leiner is publicly lamenting USC's fall from you know the recruiting grace they once had. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a pile-on situation. And we know this is the early signing period. You know, there's it, it goes again in February when when everyone was uh, more accustomed to it. But now you get the guys who commit early, and USC lost some big players. I mean, uh, there's no dancing around that. They've got some decent players. UCLA seemed to got some de- decent players, but um, you know, and, and Clay Helton's comment was, "Hey, I'm not here to win the the off season. You know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out when the season starts." But it's it's a it's a troubling thing, especially when you thought that things would kind of fall into place a little bit better for USC. You know, if you, when you read all these people who are are um, breaking down the recruiting of yesterday, they you know they have USC in the bottom in the bottom part. You know, as the losers, LSU didn't do very well either. But when an Oregon and a Washington, which have the facilities and have all the the, the the things backing them up like a USC or UCLA has as far as, as the things that are, will attract a kid to a school, I mean, more power to them. I mean, they're, they're doing what they what they do best, and, and coming into Southern California and taking kids up there, that's a heck of a heck of a job by them. I think it's more of a reflection on their um, bringing their game up rather than USC being not having game, and maybe just USC just being stale, but... Uh, you know, again, we'll see how it pans out. Plus, USC, I think, only has eight spots open, eight eight, uh, eight, eight seniors who are graduating. So it's not like they had they were expecting any big haul this year, but they just haven't gotten the headlines um, in the first round of this. 
All right. Finally, something that really irritates me, and in 90 seconds, uh, Tom Hoforth, if you can, um, the Dodgers in the offseason. All right. They didn't want to spend the big bucks, and they again, they spent just enough. They offered just enough for the players like, like Cole to say no, uh, Rendon to say no. The bottom line is uh, now a lot of the guys that they're looking at, you've got to give up some of the young talent, something the Dodgers don't want to do. I do not want to give up a Gavin Lux at second base. I don't want to give up a young Mays uh, on the pitching mound, even for Mookie Betts. I mean, it's part of the deal. The other side only took the other way. It only took money. The Dodgers draw four million a year, three hundred fifty million dollars a year from Spectrum. The fans uh, average, I don't know, five hundred dollars for a family of four going to a Dodger game, and they can't afford to pay for the best players. I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed as a Dodger fan. Well, I think that the big free agents had some reason to not go to the Dodgers for for personal reasons or, you know, how they grew up as a fan and and it, and that's just kind of the way it is. You know, sometimes you just you've got loyalties to certain things. It's interesting to me that the Dodgers seem to be going after guys like Mookie Betts or uh, Francisco Lindor. Um, they need the pitching. They need the bullpen and and hitting was not the problem last year. So I, 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 they've got the stars in place. I don't know why you need to add more star power to the to the lineup. It's it's going after those pitchers and the fact that you know even a guy like Bumgarner. I don't think the Dodgers even had a shot at him, let alone uh, the Giants. But the fact that he goes to Arizona now, he's still in their division and he can still be a thorn in their side. The Angels even signed a decent uh, pitcher today to a one-year deal. Uh, the, the guy from the Braves, Annabelle Tehran. Yeah, so there are guys out there. I just don't understand what makes them not want to sign with the Dodgers, whether it's location, it's cost of living, it's taxes, you know, whatever incentive these guys have. Uh, you know, unless you're a Boris agent and you, you sort of, uh, you know, get talked into the best, the best ways to get to a championship is to go to the best teams. The Dodgers don't have any holes. Uh, I don't know why they're going after guys like Betts. And Lindor, and they're going to give up, you know, get, I don't think they're going to give up Lux, but I think that the guys that they have dangling out there, if they can get rid of Pollock, if they can dump Peterson, something like that, a fair enough trade, and then pick up even a guy like David Price. Price might be their their biggest pickup, you know, big name, but also a huge contract, taking them off the uh, Red Sox payroll. If, if they can pull that one off, I, I don't think that's such a bad deal. But, but the thing they really have to do, I think, is, is uh, keep Ryu and not let him get away. Otherwise, it'll they're, they're just – in a, in a real terrible spot there. Agree a hundred percent. Tom Hofarth, happy holidays. We'll talk to you next week right here on believe in sports business. Absolutely. Fred. Thanks for having me. Tom Hofarth, Los Angeles times sports business journal. Scott, thank you for putting the show together and we'll see you around the corner on believe and sports business, Los Angeles. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.